It's great to be together to worship God today. We're thankful that you're here. We're glad that the Pharisees are back home. Uh, we're, we're just thankful that we can be together to remember our Creator and our Savior and worship and honor them. You know, we talk a lot about owing people things. You may observe someone making a great sacrifice for their spouse or for their kids, and you, say, you really commend them for that. They say, oh, well, you know, I owe that to them. I owe it to my spouse to do this for him or her. I owe it to my kids to give them this or that. Or maybe you've got a relationship that may demand something from you. Maybe you have a, a friend and you may uh, send them a message and say, I owe you lunch sometime. We need to get together. I owe you, I owe you lunch. Maybe someone does you a favor and you say, well, I owe you for that. I really appreciate that. I owe you. I'm in debt to you. I owe you that. These are natural reactions to positive relationships. But if you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, I want to stay in this passage with you this morning and look at Jesus telling us to, that we owe things to those to whom we're not in a good relationship with. Luke chapter 6. Let's begin reading in verse 27. Luke 6, beginning of verse 27. Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To whom, him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, at what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful." Jesus tells us, I believe, in this passage that there are some things that we owe our enemy. And this morning, I want to look at those with you together. This is not a normal response. But I want to tell you, this is the response that we must have towards our enemies if we're going to be pleasing to God. The things that we owe our enemies. Keep your, your pages there in the Bible open to Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at it continually today. I'll put the other verses that we want to look at up on the screen. But this passage is full of lessons for us and how we need to treat those who are our enemy. But we need to stop as we begin and look at what Jesus is describing here as our enemy. Who is our enemy? Our enemy is not just someone that we don't particularly like. You know, there are some people that we just don't particularly like. Maybe we don't have a lot in common. They aren't interested in the same things that we're interested in. We don't, maybe there's a personality issue that maybe there's, we're just uncomfortable around them and they're uncomfortable around us. There's no real reason why. But our personalities are just different. We just don't seem to click. Maybe there's an annoying personality trait that they have. Maybe there's something they do 
some trait that they have that just really gets on our nerves and we're just sort of, sort of keep ourselves at distance from those people that just sort of get on our nerves. Maybe it's none of the above. It's just for some reason we're just not close to these people. The person's not our enemy. I want to tell you, the person who just doesn't like me is not my enemy. You know, there's some people that maybe we'd really like to have a relationship with, but they just don't seem to like us. Don't know what it is. Maybe we have a lot in common. Maybe we think that that person's really interesting. Maybe that person has some hobbies that we'd like to learn, and maybe they do some things that we'd like to do with them. Maybe they're successful at something we'd like to be successful at, and we'd like to have a relationship with that person, but for some reason... That person just doesn't, isn't interested in that. They don't like us like we think they should. That person's not our enemy. The person that we don't particularly care for or like, the person who doesn't particularly care for or like us, that person's not our enemy. Jesus tells us about our enemy. Our enemy is doing things to hurt us. Look in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, look at verse 27. Our enemy is someone who hates us. Our enemy hates us. Verse 28, our enemy curses us. Our enemy spitefully uses us. Verse 29, our enemy strikes us on the cheek and takes away our cloak. Verse 30, a person that would take away our goods. This is our enemy. Drop down to verse 35. This person is unthankful and evil. These are bad people. These people are the ones that Jesus is talking about who are our enemies. And this makes it much harder to do what he's going to tell us to do in this passage. Because these people are against us. They are intentionally doing us that they harm. It says here in this passage that these people hate us. The Greek word means that they detest these people detest us. They're our enemies. They curse us. They would do us evil. They wish evil on us. They want our demise. And they go as far as verbalizing their desires for our demise. And that evil will come upon us. They curse us. These are our enemies. They spitefully use us. They misuse us on purpose. Out of spite, these are the kind of people we're talking about. They strike us on one cheek. They take away our cloak. They take away our goods. On top of all of the emotional harm they have inflicted, they do us harm physically as well. These are the enemies that we're talking about. They're unthankful and they're evil. They're just really, really bad people. These are the kind of people that Jesus is talking about that are our enemies. Do you have anybody like this in your life? Probably so, don't you? We have people like this in our lives. And it's not necessarily a reflection on us if we have enemies like this in our lives. It's not a reflection on us. We shouldn't take it uh, personally. We shouldn't feel guilty about that because there are going to be some people who are going to be our enemies regardless of our best efforts otherwise. In Romans chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We are called to live peaceably, but it may not be possible with all. 
There will be people who will... We don't decide who's going to be our enemy. We don't pick people out and say, I'm going to be her enemy. I'm going to be his enemy. I'm going to be... No, we're going to live peaceably. We're going to do our part. But the other party may not. You know, there's others that are going to be our enemies because of how we live. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Jesus isn't saying that as Christians that we can just live any way in our family that we want to live and we can just be really difficult to get along with and we can be a jerk and that's okay because you're going to have enemies in your own household. No. I believe what Jesus is saying here is that when we live the way that we're supposed to live, it's going to make enemies. And those enemies might even be those of our physical family. We're going to have enemies. And even when people are our enemies, in spite of our best efforts otherwise, they are owed certain things from us. What are they owed? What do we owe our enemies? Well, Jesus tells us here. He tells us in verse 27 of Luke chapter 6, First off, that we have to love our enemies. We have to love our enemies, Jesus says. And this is not just some type of emotional, ooey-gooey kind of feeling. That we have to have an ooey-gooey emotional feeling and attachment to those who are our enemies. Those who are cursing us. Those who are doing us physical harm. Those who are trying to spitefully use us. We need to have an ooey-gooey emotional feeling. That's not what Jesus is saying. You know, that's the common idea about, a, about love, isn't it? That it's just some kind of emotion that you can't really understand, you can't explain it, you don't know how you got it. It's just sort of that feeling when you see a new puppy, that warm, fuzzy feeling. That's the kind of feeling that love is, people say. That's not the love that Jesus is saying we have to have towards our enemies here. It's not the warm, fuzzy feeling. You don't have to have an emotional attachment to the guy who's kicking you in the teeth. Jesus says, is saying, though, that we have to love. It's not an emotional response, but it's a cognitive response. Jesus is commanding the same kind of response that he had towards us in Romans chapter 5. This is how he responded to us. He responded to us with love. Romans chapter 5, beginning verse 6, For when we were still without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man would someone even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved us when we were his enemies. Is it hard to love your enemies? Yes. Christ knows what he's asking us to do because he's done it himself. And he tells us that he wants us to love our enemies. We owe our enemies love. The next thing that Jesus tells us that we owe our enemies is that we owe them to do them good. In that verse again, verse 27 of chapter 6 of Luke, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Our love, our desire for the well-being of those who are our enemies will promote us, or prompt us and provoke us to do them good. This is exactly 180 degrees opposite of what the world would tell us, though, isn't it? The world would teach us that one good turn deserves another, that we shouldn't get mad with our enemies, we ought to get even, 
that if they do us wrong, then the gloves can come off and we can treat them any way that we want to treat them. But Jesus says no, that our enemies are owed us doing them good. Love Jesus is commanding us mandates that we make sacrifices for others, even our enemies, and we do them good. In fact, if we're not willing to make sacrifices to do good for our enemies, we don't love them. In James chapter 2, in James chapter 2, verse 14, in James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone has, says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? This is more than just some kind of intellectual exercise where I'll profess that I love my enemies. No, if I love my enemies, I've got to put that into action. I've got to treat them in a certain way. I've got to do them good. We've got to make sure that we understand that. It's easy to say that we love our enemies. It's just as easy as saying that I have faith in Christ. But what do our actions say? Do our actions say that we love our enemy? Are we doing them good? And doing our enemies good is hard. The actual action of doing good for someone who acts in ways that in many times are intentionally designed to hurt us is incredibly difficult, isn't it? It is hard to do good for someone who's trying to hurt you, who is spitefully using you, who is cursing you, who hates or despises you. That's hard, but we have to do it. We'd rather just ignore them. We'd rather just ignore their needs. We'd rather just get as far away from them as we can. Let someone else do them good. I'm done with them. I'm washing my hands of them. Let their friends, let their comrades, let the people that they like take care of that need. I'm done. I'm out. But Jesus says we have to do them good. And doing good, let me remind you, requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. And part of that sacrifice might be doing the good, just doing it for those who are our enemies. That might be a, make a, a sacrifice in and of itself. But we got to make sure that we're willing to sacrifice, that we're willing to do good for our enemies. What do we owe our enemies? We owe them love. We owe them good. We owe them blessing. In verse 28, the next verse in chapter 6, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. This blessing is the opposite of what our enemy is doing towards us. Our enemy is cursing us. Our enemy is hoping for our demise. He's hoping that evil will befall us. We, on the other hand, are commanded to bless. We're commanded to desire what is best for our enemy. That's what Jesus says. He says, bless them. Desire their eternal salvation, even though they would like you to be tormented forever in hell. We are to desire what is best for them. How do we do that? When they're actively trying to hurt us and literally wanting to harm us, how do we bless someone like that? Someone might say, well, I just can't do that. I, I don't know. That's impossible. How could you do that? 
That's not reasonable. To want what's best for somebody who's trying to hurt you intentionally, they're spitefully using you, and they're saying bad things about you, and they despise you, and you want what's best for them? How in the world could we do that? Well, that's what Paul did in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul had plenty of enemies, didn't he? Worse enemies than we'll ever have, I would say. And notice his reaction to those enemies. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Think of all the things that Paul went through. All of the things that he suffered at the hands of others. And yet he was blessing he wanted what was best for those who were doing him harm. And we have the perfect example of this in Christ in Luke chapter 23, beginning of verse 33. In Luke 23, beginning of verse 33, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. In the middle of his crucifixion, as they're doing terrible things to him and ridiculing him and reviling him and humiliating him, he blesses them. We need to bless our enemies. We owe that to them. Jesus has blessed them. And he goes on in verse 29 or 28, and he says that we need to pray for them. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Jesus takes it one step farther, doesn't he? Instead of just desiring their well-being, Jesus says we need to ask God for their well-being. Not only do we bless them and say, yeah, we want things to be good for you. No, we need to go to our Creator and ask Him to bless them. Pray for them. If you need it to be any clearer, try Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. People who are doing us harm spitefully, on purpose, intentionally. And they're going as far as persecuting us, trying to inflict pain. Jesus says you pray for them. You ask God to bless them. Stephen did this in Acts chapter 7, beginning of verse 59. In Acts chapter 7, verse 59, he prayed for those who were throwing rocks at him. In Acts chapter 7, beginning of verse 59, they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Can you imagine? And they weren't just throwing the rocks that you got in your driveway at him. They weren't just picking up the pea gravel and throwing at him. They were finding the big rocks. And they weren't lobbing at him at him. They were throwing at him to kill him. And he's praying for them. Our enemies are owed our prayers. Jesus says we pray for those who are spitefully using us. And then drop down in verse 31 of Luke chapter 6. Jesus says we also owe our enemies the treatment that we would wish they treat us with. 
In Luke 6, verse 31, And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Luke 6, verse 31. And this is no easier instruction than any of the other instructions that we've looked at. To treat others the way that we want to be treated. But we have changed this verse, and it's very easy to change this verse. All you have to do is get rid of two words, and it gets very easy. Mark out two words of, your, of that verse, get rid of the, the words you want, and read it this way. And just as men do to you, you also do to them likewise. That's a lot easier, isn't it? And that is the way we apply this verse many times, isn't it? The way that they treat me is the way that I'll treat them. They treat me this way, they drop the level of expectation down, that's where I'll be. I'll treat them just the way that they treat me. But Jesus says we need to treat others the way that we want to be treated. And it's easy to treat people the way that we want to be treated when they're treating us nicely. Because again, we're treating them the way they treat us. But when others begin to mistreat us, when others begin to spitefully use us and curse us, then it becomes very hard. It's another story. But Jesus says... We need to treat others the way that we want to be treated ourselves. I'll remind you, Jesus knows what it feels like to be mistreated, but He commands us to even to treat our enemies the way that we want to be treated. He also tells us in verse 35 of Luke chapter 6 that we need to lend without hoping for return. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. All of this is hard to do. And we might excuse ourselves by looking at how they treat us. And say, well, we're just going to treat them the way that they have treated us. Why would we go out of our way to show them any kindness, to do them any good? Because they're not going to reciprocate. Why would I be nice to her? I know she's not going to be nice to me in return. Why would I sacrifice for him? I know he's going to be the same jerk tomorrow that he was yesterday, regardless of how I respond to him. Why would I do that? Why would I go out of my way? Because Jesus says you lend not hoping for return. The way that I respond to them has nothing to do with what the way that they're going to respond to me. It's easy to do something nice for someone when you think that you're going to get something in return, isn't it? It's really easy. I'll do something nice for him and he'll make it up to me. That's easy. It's harder when I know that I'll get nothing in return. Have you ever noticed when you're at a restaurant how attentive the waiter gets when he brings you the check. Have you noticed that? I mean, they may have not paid you any attention the whole meal, but when they bring you the check, do you need anything else? Can I get anything for you? Why? Because he knows you're going to be reaching for your wallet, and he hopes to get a tip. He's expecting something in return. And aren't we that way many times in how we deal with other people? I'll be nice to him because I know he'll pay me back. But... That guy over there, he, he's where to lend all. He's not going to get that from me. But Jesus says we're to lend, not expecting anything in return. 
We owe it to those who are our enemy. We need to do good for those who are our enemy, knowing that we'll likely never see any of that good return to us. Yet we owe it to our enemy, Jesus says. And Jesus says we need to be merciful. In Luke chapter 6, look at verse 36. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Let me remind you of the definition of mercy. Easton's Bible Dictionary says, Mercy is compassion for the miserable. Compassion for the miserable. And that, I would say, describes our enemy, doesn't it? Many times our enemies are miserable. And that may motivate them to be our enemies is because of how miserable they feel about themselves and their lives, yet they are miserable. We're to have compassion on them. Oxford, Oxford's English Dictionary defines mercy as being something performed out of a desire to relieve suffering, motivated by compassion. Jesus points us to our role model of being merciful here. A role model that could relate because of how He has treated us with mercy. Just as your Father also is mercy, merciful. We are in need of God's mercy and so are our enemies. We didn't deserve God's mercy, but He showed it to us anyways. Our enemies don't deserve our mercy, but we must show them mercy anyways on all the ways that our enemies... We need to have compassion on our enemies. Not focus on all the ways that our enemies have done us wrong, and they've done us wrong. We've all been done wrong. Not focus on all the ways that they've spitefully used us. Not focus on all the bad things that they've said about us. Not focus on how they have maybe even desired our demise. Don't focus on that. Instead, we need to focus on them. Have compassion on them. What might be causing them to act this way toward us? What are they suffering as a result of the way that they're living their life? And what will they suffer as a result of the way that they're acting towards us? Our enemies, many times by the reason of their decisions, are suffering and miserable. And mercy is having compassion for the miserable. Mercy is something performed out of a desire to relieve suffering, something that's motivated by compassion. Will we act in such a way to relieve their suffering, or will we act in a way that will cause more hurt? We owe it to our enemy to have mercy on them. Jesus said, those who hate us, those who despise us, those who curse us, those who spitefully use us, those who inflict physical harm on us, those who are unthankful and evil, are owed things by us. Jesus says we owe them love. We owe it to them to do them good, to bless them, to pray for them, to treat them the way that we want to be treated, to lend without hoping for return. And we owe it to them to be merciful. Many times in a miserable failure at applying these principles to those who are my enemy. Many times we have difficulty applying that hurt. 
We have difficulty applying these concepts to our spouse who does something that hurts our feelings. We have difficulty applying these concepts to a family member who might periodically get on our nerves. We have difficulty applying these concepts to a brother or sister in Christ who's sometimes difficult. Let alone our enemies. Many times we can't apply these principles to those who are not our enemies. We need to pray that God will help us to be better at applying these principles to all. These are difficult principles, but again, I'll remind you that we have an example of someone who modeled this behavior for us, God and His Son. Romans chapter 5, beginning of verse 6 again, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Are we emulating this in our life and how we deal with others? And let me ask you as we conclude, have you taken advantage of the blessing of sacrifice that was extended to us as a result of how God treated His enemies? Have you taken advantage of that? Have you submitted to Him in baptism? If not, there's no better time than right now. And if you're here and you're not living like you should, maybe you haven't been treating your enemies like you should. Can you make correction to that? Maybe you can fix that right there in your pew as we sing this song. Or if there's anything that we can do to help you, will you let us know while we stand and sing? <laughs>